Jafada Productions presents In Conclusion We Digress The best hour of your life, you'll never get back What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of In Conclusion, We Digress, episode 46, if you can believe that. Hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you guys for coming back and listening. We appreciate it so much. And joining us, as always, we have the guys, but one last guy is normal tonight. So tonight we're joined by Kyle and Mike. So guys, how are we doing? Missing, obviously, the, the fourth member of our normal crew, but still carrying on. I'm, I mean, I'm personally having a good week, so it's, uh, you know, Oh, it's uh, not going to be the same without Pat, but, you know, we'll try to, we'll try to cover for his, uh, whatever he brings to the podcast. I'm not quite sure what that is, but we'll cover for it. He, he brings the book of useless information. Je ne sais quoi, as they say. <laughs> and Kyle got the fancy new computer. No more uh, lag or anything coming from, from Kyle's end. So yeah. It's good to see. No lag and a, and a nice video feed. What's that like? Yeah. Everything is in HD right now, which is fantastic. <laughs> All right, Mike, how are you doing, man? How's, how's everything going on? And uh, to fill in for Pat's normal introduction, I'll give you guys a bad joke. Uh, since it's episode 46, uh, why is 46 afraid of 47? Because 47 is a registered sex offender. I was going to say because he's a war criminal, so that was close enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but on a, on a more serious note, I have two things, right? First off, I just got an email from Drizzly telling me that it's Alcohol Awareness Month. That's weird because like, that seems counterproductive to your business model um secondly i had like a very awkward conversation today with kyle because one of our high school friends and dan we can talk about this offline actually makes like decent music and i i followed the clickbait on instagram to his spotify page uh and the music's like not bad but he actually one of his popular songs in a throwback to a previous episode our our last emily episode is, is sampling the interview with kanye west and kim kardashian about the jacuzzi that's so it's funny. called and it's called jacuzzi and I, I, the the chorus is like what do you mean we don't have a jacuzzi and Did you believe we don't have a jacuzzi yeah yeah that's what... <laughs> wait that's awesome it's not bad his music's not bad i'm gonna slip it into playlists and see if anybody notices and if anyone's like i like the song but that's a kid we went to high school with i love that and i can't wait for that let's get started with our topics today we're gonna keep this thing a little little short today we have a couple of topics to talk about and first things first, Kyle, one of the biggest stories in the world of sports this week has been this Super League that was starting to take shape in Europe and yeah, like, just the fallout from that. So if you can give our listeners at home a brief synopsis of what's going on there, that'd be great. But- yeah. Yeah. So, so there are a few things contextually that you need to understand before you get into this. The way that it works in, in Europe is that every country has a domestic league and then from there their governing body which is called uefa gets together and forms two competitions for what are referred to largely on a larger scale and they exist the same competition similar competitions exist in other markets they're called continental cups so there's one in south america and it's copa libertadores and then there's one in asia and i believe oh god I forget the name. It's got a. It's got like a three-word name, so I totally forget the name. But um, and then in Europe, you have the Europa League, which is kind of like the B League, and the Champions League, which is the A League, and that's the be-all, end-all, win this, and you are considered largely the greatest club team in the world. Um, so there's your context right there. Now you need to qualify for these leagues, and qualification for these leagues depends on where you finish in your domestic league. So since we're talking about the Super League, which was going to be a step above both of these, not sanctioned by UEFA, which was kind of the biggest issue, we'll say, we'll talk about the Champions League. Now, in terms of the countries that you know and teams that you might know that play soccer, so England, Spain, France, and Italy, and as well as Germany, those are the big five um, leagues. They all have automatic berths. So if you finish in the top four in Spain, England, Italy, or Germany, you're automatically qualified for the Champions League. 
if you finish hmm. in the top three in France, you qualified for the Champions League. Now, the reason they don't have four spots is because they do a coefficient. I'm really not sure how this works. I've looked into it and I really can't understand the math behind it. But essentially, it's like a quality coefficient. And that allows certain countries to gain slots and lose slots so that it's equitable and that if there are more good teams in Portugal than France at the moment, then Portugal will have more spots than France to qualify, basically. Um, the subsequent 50 countries in Europe, basically, have different amounts of teams that are allowed in. For example, the Netherlands and Turkey get two teams. Greece gets two teams. Denmark gets two teams. Sorry, Denmark gets one team. They were just kicked back down. Um, and then there's kind of every country from, I'm going to call it Hungary to San Marino, because that's what it is on the list that I'm looking at. They have to play in before the season in a tournament to get into the Champions League. And then once it's all set, it's uh, groups A through H, four teams a group. They play each other twice, home and away. And then you take the points after that, and then it goes into a, like a bracket, like a March Madness style bracket. And then from there you play in champion. That's all nine yards. So, so it's so, random yeah. every year. Like it's, or not random. It's teams can that come in and out every single year. Like without. Yes. yes. No one is guaranteed a spot. It's the most un-American oh. thing. It's, yeah. it's the best way <laughs> to play sports that. because it makes it the most pure competition. Um, so like hypothetically, like if Chelsea had like, I know they've been in the Champions League for a long time. If they had like yes. just a God awful year where they like won like no games, mm -hmm. they would be booted the next year. Yes. So it looks like I can actually take a look at the moment because this is this is a big point of contention because the Premier League is crazy this year. Mm -hmm. So like I said, top four teams qualify at the moment. The Champions League would be without Tottenham, Liverpool and Arsenal. Wow. Um, Liverpool won it two years ago. Um, Tottenham and Arsenal can fuck off because they've never won anything. But um, so it really allows for like a turnover of teams. And like I said, it's merit-based. If you're really good, you're in. Like Leicester City, we're really good. They won the league. They were in. They made it to the knockout round. Money is distributed based upon TV rights and everything else as the rounds progress. So getting in, you get money. If you make it past the group stage, you get a little bit more money. If you make it past the next one, it's more money. And so on and so on and so on. Until you get to the winner. Now, the winning purse is somewhere in the area of 90 to 110 million euros, which is a shitload of money. That's your background on the Champions League. Now we move into the Super League. Essentially, the idea, and it's been floated for a very long time, is that these big European teams, i.e. Liverpool, Arsenal, and Tottenham, if we're going to talk about these motherfuckers, felt that it was unfair that they weren't automatically qualifying for the Champions League, which I find so rich and so fucking hysterical. If you're going to have a bad season, the punishment is that you don't get the benefit of being in the big competitions. Mm -hmm. um, which is also a double-edged sword in football because you then need to figure out how you're going to pay your wage bill without all that extra money you were anticipating at the beginning of the year. And that's really kind of where this begins. So the Super League was started officially by 12 teams that were going to break away. And you'll know every single name when I say all these names. It's Real Madrid, FC Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus, Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Now, Liverpool. <laughs> I would like to state for the record that of these 12 teams, currently only five of them would qualify for the Champions League this year. But they're perennial qualifiers in their own right. Um, Tottenham or not, AC Milan and Inter Milan have barely been scraping through recently. Um, Arsenal are a nightmare. Manchester United didn't qualify a few years ago. They were in the Europa League. They wanted to win the Europa League, but they were still not in the Champions League. Um, they're perennial in the sense that they're big clubs, but truly, like, not really. There aren't really, like, perennial Champions League teams outside of Spain. That's how I would put it. Um, and Spain, France, and Germany. A little bit more predictable leagues. Um, and you'll notice there are three big names that I actually left out, and that's uh, Paris Saint-Germain, Dortmund, and Bayern Munich. They all rejected the invitation to join this because out of what they felt is fairness, um, you know, they were like, there's no point in this. The motivation, like I said, is always going to be financial. So, like I said, the winner of the Champions League is going to win this year between 90 and 110 million euros. If you were just to participate for one season in the Super League, you would take home 
400 million euros. If you were to win the Super League, you would take home 550 million euros. So where is that money being driven from? Is that it would be driven from, from TV rights? TV rights and tickets and you know yada yada yada, all that kind of shit, memorabilia and but mostly. So they really TV think rights, they're going to yes. make what? How many teams there? So they were they were shooting. So they had twelve and they were shooting for twenty total. And these twelve teams, and this is the key part that pissed off the whole world. These twelve teams would never under any circumstances, not be in this competition and not be making $400 million a year. So but it's like pay to play. It's, it's exactly what it is. And the issue becomes that once you pay to play in the way that soccer is structured in Europe with promotion and relegation, it would essentially make it physically and monetarily like I guess like I'm not going to say impossible but I'll say statistically impossible for another team to win the league because you would be able to buy players of such quality and bring in quality managers and quality staff and you know the whole nine yards for your club forever so the odds that a Leicester City or even you know not a, a small team by any means an Everton or a West Ham could ever win the Premier League again are basically zero and that's what really pissed people off that's where everybody's coming from. That's why Europe erupted. And the, a lot of, you know, I, I know that Marcel Brands, who's the ch chairman of Everton, called this nuclear war. They basically threw a nuclear bomb in the way that it's been running just because they wanted to make a little bit more money. Um, now, this was spearheaded. That's a lot of bit more money. Just, exactly. just for contact. Well, yeah. yeah. But it's, so it was <laughs> spearheaded by the president of Real Madrid and Satan incarnate, Florentino Perez. Um, he's definitely the worst person on earth right now. Uh, it would be difficult to find a more terrible human being. Um, he did a whole interview on one of the biggest <laughs> Spanish television shows. And when he was asked what the, you know, why the, what the motivation was, his answer was, well, you know, Real Madrid cost $400 million to operate this year. And we didn't make that much. I mean, did anybody even know what they were supposed to like? That's, that's the whole point. Like no what one I made that. What it, what it gets to me too, is they're not like, it's not really like baseball where the wages or basketball or football, where the wages are public. They're kind of rumored. And then occasionally they'll leak like Messi's did this year. Um, but it's like well known that they're paying multiple players in soccer. They pay per week. And that's more where the number comes from. They're paying multiple pay players roughly 350,000 euros a week, which is anywhere between 15 and, and 30 million dollars a year. So if you have a 28 man squad, and let's assume that I'm going to conservatively estimate that 60% of their players are making that money, maybe it's not about getting more money, maybe it's about running your club better. Maybe it's not about spending 690 million euros to improve your stadium, which they just did. It's really out of just a glut of money. And it, it, it goes so far away from the founding of a lot of these clubs. I mean, if you look at, at Arsenal and Tottenham and Liverpool, like they're, I don't want to say rough neighborhoods, but they were working class, like factory and, and longshoremen neighborhoods coming up specifically Everton is the same way. So that is going so far away from these, the, the culture and the fans and basically saying they don't give a fuck about any of this and we just want our money. Now the fallout began and, and again, to, to why this is continues to be evil. This was announced in the middle of the night when no fans could come to any games at any of these teams can have fans and without consulting both the players and the coaches, this was literally backroom dealing and they dropped on everybody when nobody could properly respond. It was um, just a like the 12 or whatever owners. Yeah. And the that 12 was teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the biggest pushback obviously was in England just because of the, the culture there and the way that it really is like the team is the community in a lot of ways down there specifically Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, and a lot of people are going to credit Chelsea fans with what they did. They turned out in the thousands in the streets around the stadium, protesting and singing. And I quote, you six greedy bastards. We know who you are. 
about the English owners. Um, they were blocking the Chelsea team bus from getting into the stadium for their game. Uh, they were throwing things at the bus. They all had signs. Uh, I mean, like, shame on you, shame on you, rest in peace football 2021, like all this shit, because people genuinely did believe that if this went through, it was kind of over. Like, the Premier League had threatened to kick them out, um, and they would have because it's, like, clear as fucking day in the rules that if you participate in any other competition without authorization, you are excluded from the league. It's, it's literally like a line item in the rules. Um, the whole thing is just really wild. It, it was seen as these unfathomably rich owners and teams coming in who bought these clubs, uh, just wanting to buy themselves a bigger boat, to quote James Corden. And specifically, the issue is that there is a lot of American money in all of these British teams. Um, Man United and Liverpool are majority owned by Americans. Uh, Liverpool is actually owned by Fenway Sports Group, which owns the Red Sox. Fucking Red Sox. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, whose owner today gave what I can only call a stale dead fish of an apology. Um, just really terrible. The Glazer family, they own Manchester United. Um, they've never actually spoken to the fans at all. Uh, they just release statements. Uh, and the, the chairman of the team was quoted recently as saying, it took me two years to understand the offside rule in soccer. And sometimes I still get it mixed up, uh, which is wild because it's really not that difficult to understand. Um, so they, it was spearheaded by, in England, at least the resistance by two specific broadcasters, the names of Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville. Gary Neville was a Manchester United legend. Jamie Carragher is a Liverpool legend. On the field, they hated each other. They don't really like each other when they broadcast, but they united for this specific reason. Um, and they went at them on TV and, and Neville said that this is one of the greediest things he's ever seen. He's disgraced is he's disgusted with his team. It's very disgraceful and how horrible it all was. And he actually has called for the Glazer family to sell the team and leave the country. And Jamie yes. Carragher has said that he feels that FSG no longer has a, as a place in the city of Liverpool and that he believes that the fan trust and the other minority owners of the team will force them to sell at some point in the next 12 months. So you could see $10 billion worth of English soccer teams sold in 2021 specifically because of this. Uh, the sporting director of Manchester United has resigned. Um, there was rumors that the sporting director at Juventus was going to resign, but apparently he's not. He's a real stubborn old fuck. So now where we are after this whole thing blows up, Chelsea decides, oh, we're going to pull out. Apparently they were kind of like coaxed and lured into doing this and, and they weren't told the truth about what was going to happen that's a great line that's a great great excuse well it's coming out that it's true it's not an excuse they were the last team to sign on and they were told this was exploratory and there wasn't going to be anything until 2024 and then two weeks later they were told and two weeks later in the middle of the night all of a sudden it's real um manchester city did something similar whether or not i believe them we can leave up to debate they have more money than god so money was no motivation to them their coach actually came out and said that it's not sport if there's no consequence. Uh, and the media people for the club cut his interview off because of what he was saying. He's a legend. His name is Pep Guardiola. He's probably the greatest coach of all time. Um, it's just crazy to, to have seen sort of the players and the coaches having to react with us because they weren't told anything. And then they had games that day. And Jurgen Klopp of Liverpool had to stand there and talk about it. And, and the captain of Liverpool had to stand there and talk about it on the field. And the Leeds United players wore shirts that said, uh, earn it on the front, which I loved. And uh, football is for the fans on the back. So, I mean, there was pretty unanimous opposition to this from every team in Europe and any of these leagues that wasn't involved. And now we get to the moment of punishment. Um, because if you don't punish these people, they're just going to do it again in two years. So in terms of equivalent punishment, there's really only one example and it's in Italy and it's with Juventus. Uh, the, I'm not sure if he was the coach or the sporting director at the time, sporting director, by the way, for people to translate is like general manager, same thing. He was, uh, he was accused and convicted of match fixing and the club was relegated to the second division in, in, in Italy. They're Ooh. talking about either relegating all six of these clubs in England and making them fight their way back 
which would take a season. It wouldn't be difficult, but it would be a massive financial hit to them. Starting them off next season on negative points, which would make the title win pretty much impossible. Um, and or expelling specific owners from football entirely. So I the, think relegation is your best bet though. Like I agree. I think they that, should that, all be relegated. That's the most embarrassing way. Cause if you don't yes. make it out in the next year or two, then like you really were shit and you didn't belong, deserve to be, yes. belong to whatever you're. And I think what's specifically is even worse about relegation that you would really only think of if, if you know the process, you're making less money. All your fancy schmancy players, you can't afford them anymore. They oh, yeah, probably don't want to play for you anymore either because they want to be in the top division. They want to be in the Champions League or at the very least, the Europa League. Yeah, it's like the NCAA death sentence. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's there's been a lot made of this. I don't think, unfortunately, that anyone will get relegated from the Premier League. I would love to see them all get relegated just because I think it's so disgusting. It's disgusting what they've done to try to change this all because they weren't getting their way. And meanwhile, by the way, on this was dropped on Sunday, on Monday, the UEFA, UEFA voted to reform the Champions League. They've changed the format completely. There's automatic qualifying spots for certain clubs. They haven't said how they're going to do it. It sounds like it might be something to do with quality, like top, the top five teams from the previous year in the league are automatically going to qualify, like in the Champions League are going to qualify or whatever, but we'll see. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, it, it looks all right. The money's moved around a little bit. It's more of a league in the beginning, and then it's a tournament as opposed to like um, Olympic-style group stages. It's more of a true league, and you just draw who you draw. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks all right. It's not It's not really better, and like keeping in mind that UEFA and FIFA are still like horribly, terribly corrupt organizations. Um, but That's what at makes this hilarious, day, too. It, it's what makes this hilarious because <laughs> – when the corrupt people are like, yo, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, you know that it's bad when the UEFA president comes out and is like, like, no. Like, this is a shameless money grab. And it's like, your entire organization is a shameless money grab. So if you're saying that, like, Something's it's insane. Also, yeah. to drag another American company involved in this, uh, JP Morgan funded the whole fucking thing. Yeah, I was going to ask, where is, like, the guarantee? I, I know, like, TV deals and all that stuff, but, like, they're yeah. saying, like, you where win. Where the fuck do you get $10 billion? Dollars? Right. Where's that money coming from? I because there's no guarantee you're gonna sell all the tickets, no guarantee you're gonna sell merchandise. Like you're they're guaranteeing like, oh, you win this league, you get the four hundred yeah. million euros. Yeah. Uh I'd love to know. I haven't read up specifics <laughs> on the fi- on the financials because they're really not available. Like mm-hmm. I said, Florentino Perez is Satan. So I would bet he's lying. They're fudging the numbers a little bit. He also claimed that um attendance at matches, specifically Champions League matches is down in the age bracket of 16 to 24 and that it clearly had to be a problem with the format of the game when in reality studies have been done as to why attendance is down among younger people and it's because champions league tickets are so fucking expensive if you look at attendance on a league and weekly basis not really as much in england anymore because it is still it's gotten very expensive in england but in spain and in italy and in france and in germany tickets are still like five dollars so the younger people go because they can afford it. It's more a matter of they can't afford it than they don't like it. And I think that it was misframed. Like it's just built, this whole thing is built on so many lies that when you pull one brick out, like you really are like, wait, hold on. What about these 10 other things? Yeah. And I, it's, it's just, it's been, it's been a crazy couple, you know, like 24 hours. The memes have been excellent. Uh, people started this, this big company. Uh, it's kind of like the Bleacher Report of, of Europe. It's, I mean, Bleacher Report's everywhere I know, but it's hard to describe. It's called One Football. Uh, they only do soccer globally. They started taking all the top six teams in England out of the table for the last 10 years and showing who would have won the league and, and stuff like that, which was everything would have had three league titles. It was very funny. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people thought that it was going to happen and the fans fought back hard enough specifically with Chelsea and starting with that. And then just the general backlash online, the media backlash led to this really crumbling. And this at the moment, all of the English teams are out. I've been told that inter is also out. I've been told that Athletia is also out. Uh, Barcelona have a very specific and weird corporate structure, like team structures compared to most of the rest of these teams is in that they are still 
um, largely like owned and dependent on their shareholders in the city of Barcelona. So everything major they do needs to be voted on. It's a, it's a, like a truly a democratic club. So they're going to pull out and the president said they're going to pull out, but it just needs to be voted on, which is good. Cause I'm a Barcelona supporter. And that was um, rough. I don't, I think if they'd gone through with it, I don't think I ever would have supported them again, as long as I live. I, there's no point in, in fixing competition to make yourself better. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of teams spearheaded all these issues and, you know, shout out to Bayern and Dortmund and PSG for having the balls and the schnutz to say no to something like this that would have guaranteed you unending money and wins for the next 24 years, I think they signed on for. Um, yeah. yeah, crazy. I just don't get, I, don't, I just don't get, the first off, the money doesn't make any sense. And secondly, like, if that money existed in soccer why does it not exist? Like, why isn't like the champions league pulling $400 million a club for making the champions league? And it's only 90. And I get your whole thing about like, Oh, you have to make it fair. But like, why is the champions league not giving every club a hundred million dollars that makes it? Not so in, in my opinion, it's just simply because that money isn't real. It's not there. It just isn't. It's never been there. They weren't going to synthesize it out of fucking TV deals because at the end of the day, if this was the thing above it, the two other tournaments were still going to happen and the TV deals were still going to be super lucrative. But what I'm saying is like, it's not just freaking Sergio Flores or whatever the fuck the guy from uh, from the Spanish team is from, from Real Madrid. Yeah, Perez, like, Perez. JP Morgan is a, it's a financial institution. It's a global yep. financial institution. So yep. there had to have been, even if it's not $300 million, say it was $200 million. It was obviously, mm-hmm. there was some level of lucrative mm-hmm. money that was existing. Where is that money in soccer now? I'm just trying to, I'm not making a commentary on the rest of no, soccer. I, no, I agree. I agree. I, I guess the, the thought behind that, Mike, to like kind of answer that question is that UEFA and FIFA are already are taking so much that we don't see. And if we do this, then we'll be in charge of the money. Like that was really the, the, the drive quote unquote to cut FIFA and UEFA out because these clubs believe they're so fucking corrupt, which is so rich coming from somebody at Real Madrid who objectively get easy draws all the way through the champions league every year, get every fucking call they've ever wanted and have never been bothered with financial fair play, despite the fact that they've spent way more money than other clubs. Um, so the, you're, I, you're, you're addressing a serious problem, right? There is a huge yeah. corruption issue in whatever FIFA, UEFA, the whole nine, something every across fucking, the board. Like, yeah. what? Okay, the, the Super League was bad, right? Mm-hmm. The freaking Super League was a bad idea. It was so bad, not even the Germans wanted in on it. Yes, um, exactly. And so, what will be better? Like, what? what can be better? Because I think the idea in itself is good, right? It, it's it, as an American owner run leagues are what we're used to. Owner run um, leagues don't work though, because they create but, but just, no just, parody. But what I'm saying is right. Like these are, these are powerhouse clubs that are going to make a ton of money. Yeah. Right? You want to bring more money into the sport. What do we do to do to, to make that happen? Right. Wouldn't you love to see, the best premier league teams always having one game a year against the best Bundesliga team or the best Syria team. Right. That was something that I think that as for fans, I mean, I, I, I would think you'd be crazy not to want to see that on a more regular basis, regardless if it was, uh, you know, it didn't count for, for Jack shit. Right. Yeah. I know you're there's, there's gotta be a fix to what your current champions league, where there's gotta be like, champions league legacy or some shit like that where it's like so if I, you were in the champions league in the last five years you get sorted into some bracket and you play an extra 10 games a year so i think that the difference like there is a very fundamental difference between fandom here and fandom over there and in my opinion i think that it's better for them because it doesn't happen over here but when it does we go fucking crazy about it i would rather see Real Madrid play Leicester City than Real Madrid play Manchester United because that's way more fucking interesting. Who the mm-hmm. fuck knows what Leicester's going to do? The team Atalanta from, from Italy that made it their first ever Champions League run last year. They made it to the semifinals. Yeah, I get that, man. But like, 
the thing about it is it's a wild card because that team could also just fall flat on its face and get well if they fall flat on their face then the good teams right behind them they're going to beat them and they're going to go through and they are going to play real madrid i agree but like these are the top tier clubs right and they're going to be always some consistent level of parity amongst those clubs like that's not necessarily the truth either that's because that's not how it works it's because the system is set up so differently over there that there is not a necessity for parity. There are years where fucking AC Milan last year finished, I think, 12th. They are one of the most successful teams of all time in Italy, in Europe, however you want to spin it. They have some of the greatest players ever who played for them. Ronaldinho, David Beckham, Kaká, like true unbelievable legends have played for these clubs. And it's more interesting when who's ever good right now is in the tournament than Milan's in it because it's Milan and they're just going to get their fucking teeth dragged out for the four games. And then they're going to go to the Europa League where they're going to get the shit kicked out of them and then they're going to be done. It's more interesting when who's ever is good right now is playing. If there was a legacy league in basketball and I had to watch the Lakers four years ago all the fucking time when they were dog shit, no one would have tuned into that game. Uh, yeah, but the legacy, it, it only makes sense because you have so many teams, right? So then blow it out. Blow it out like March Madness style. The t- the, it's already the like... new selection. It's 37 teams. It, it, there is a selection. There's a selection show before every Champions League. Everything comes out of literally out of a fucking lottery machine. Like you're all in the Vega and they pick the balls out and show them the camera. Is it 37? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they, I, they're I, the, expanding it. That's a good amount of teams, but I'm just saying just like blow it up a little bit, make it bigger and then... You know, those teams that, that should be, quote unquote, perennials. But the, I think the thing is slots. that Europeans don't give a shit if you should be. Earn it. If you should be in there, come in fourth. If you should be in there, win the league. Earn it. We're not giving you shit. That's why there's so much parity. That's why if you look at the Premier League, if you look at the league, sorry, the English Football League, over the last 150 years, there have been a shitload of champions because the way that they set it up allows for anybody to win at any given time. It's just been a little different lately with the influx of money to Manchester United who were good before the Glazers bought them and then Manchester City who were all right before they were bought by the Shake. But the issue, the only way to fix this is not going to be giving people guaranteed qualification because that's what pissed people off the most. Um, You you would just, it would trickle down to the point where there are so many there. I think there are eight tiers in England and the guys in like four and five, which is where Wrexham FC that Ryan Reynolds owns, that's where they are. And they very realistically with good investment, good coaching and good management, have a decent chance of getting to the premier league in 10 years. But if you took all the money away and you took these six teams and you gave them this fuck you money, there's no point in anybody below the second league trying to play anymore because they can get up, but they can only get to seventh. Well, I was going to ask, so is there any sort of salary cap or like anything that controls what, you know, so that people don't spend, so as we don't have like a situation like yeah. the Yankees have like, you know, $230 million yeah. payroll and then like the Cleveland Indians have like 750, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so it, it's not the payroll, it's the transfer fees that are, that are kept, which is good because that judges the quality of the individual player that you're bringing in. And you can't do the NHL level fuckery where we're going to pay you 750 in the first year and the next year you're going to make $9 million. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't move contracts around like that. UEFA has recently scrapped financial fair play. They're going to bring in something else that's new. It's probably going to be terrible. Uh, most of the things they do are. But if you bring in, I, for, there's a very specific threshold and it's by club and by country. If you bring in a certain number of people, you have to sell a certain amount in euros in order to meet the requirement. Manchester City had to do it. They're going to have to do it again this summer. Actually, I think they might not have to do it again this summer because two people are going off their books. Um, but it, it's more the transfer fees than the salaries. That's kind of more what they're obsessed with. That also is the reason because salaries are very different in every league. You could play for PSG and make a shitload of money, but if you go to Lyon or Marseille, 
their salaries are lower because the team makes less money and the league gives them less money. Salaries Mm -hmm. are higher on a bottom table Premier League team that's been in the division for two years than they would be probably at a Champions League side in Germany that isn't Bayern or Dortmund. Just because of TV rights and, you know, the whole syndication, the whole nine yards. Right. Um, That makes sense. Yeah, so it's, it's been really crazy. The memes are excellent. Um, they won't make sense to anybody listening if you don't watch soccer, but they're very, they're, there was a lot of um, Michael Jordan crying, hugging the trophy. And it was like when West Ham win the Champions League in 2022 after beating like, you know, Dinamo Zagreb, like two to one or some shit like that. They're like some fucking team from Croatia or whatever. It's getting so far away from like the, the root of why these clubs were founded specifically in England who was always going to be the, in the driver's seat when they had six teams and everybody else only had three at the most. So I'm, you know, I'm very proud of, of the way that my club in Everton reacted and, and the statements that they made and what they said and what they put out. They're a founding member of the football league of the first division in England. Uh, you know, they've been there since I want to say it's 18, 1886. It's right here. 1888. Yeah, but they, they sort a, of had to. Like all these other clubs had to because they were fighting that's for on their the stadium. Founder of the were, league. They were hmm. fighting for their essentially fighting for their right to party. Like if they would have gotten fucked if all of these teams left, took all the money. It would have probably bankrupted and ruined um almost absolutely would have probably killed the Italian league. Uh and a very good chance it would have nearly killed if not completely killed the spanish league as well would have been um, a syria killer literally the the spanish league is in is <laughs> is all right and syria is fucked because the italians have no clue what they're doing um oh hey we take a nap yeah exactly it's been pretty wild to to live through i was really worried that it was going to be real um i was real? looking forward to winning the league next year but uh it's not really real it's not uh, real yeah. If, if uh, Liverpool aren't there for me to yell at and point out when they finish behind me, but happy that it didn't happen. Um, it was a crazy 48 hours and it's, it is really proof that the fans opinion mattered way more than however much money they wanted to put behind this. Because at the end of the day, there is nothing quieter than an empty stadium. <laughs> Say it louder for the uh, American sports teams in the back. That's I think <laughs> they, what, the biggest thing is, is from podcasts I listen to and you know people that I follow on Twitter and, and Instagram and whatnot, the only thing these people wanted to avoid was becoming the NFL or becoming the MLB or becoming the NBA because the business model, while it might be sustainable for 30 teams, isn't sustainable for the 300 that are in England or the 200 that are in Spain or the 200 in, you know, in, in France and, and so on. It would have killed a lot of this. The, rate to go through from a football academy in England to be a professional top tier footballer is 0.00012%. It would have made that add five or six more zeros. So it quite truly saved the game in the way that it is. I'm not psyched about the new format for the champions league. If it's a compromise, fine, but it's not this. It's not going to rip things apart. And all I have to say is fucking shame on all of these motherfuckers that took part in this. Sell your fucking teams. Don't ever come back. We don't want you here anymore. If that wasn't fucking obvious at this point. And specifically Liverpool, you can go fuck yourselves in so many directions. And I know that every Liverpool fan will agree with me on this. FSG needs to sell that fucking team. The Glazers need to sell Manchester United. Get out of the country. Never come back. Go make your fucking money for your boat somewhere else. I mean, they probably own, I mean, the Red Sox are probably worth a couple billion too. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Fenway it's, Sports Group is, is struggling. Well, listen, they, they were struggling enough to sign up for this at a team that is probably the fifth biggest global name in its sport. So I don't know if they were struggling or if specifically FSG came in trying to do this and to make a few billion dollars off this club, but it failed. Thankfully the fans were, were hurt and I'm, I'm so happy and I, I can't 
you know, I can't express my, my anger and my contempt for, for what's going on here and, and how being a fan of a team that's commonly disrespected and not set in, in the top six in England, despite the fact that we're uh, the winning, the winningest team in the history of the top league in England. And we have the third most titles in England and we have the fourth most points in England and we have the second most goals scored in England. And we're not a top six team though. It's fine. Tottenham who've never won a fucking league title. They've won one goddamn cup are above us. So being a fan of a team that was just there and having them be like, well, we're just going to go fuck off and make billions was like, <laughs> how did Tottenham get invited to this? What's Arsenal doing there? So hey, right place, right time, man. Think about it this way. Think about like the NBA, ABA merger, right? Think about all the teams that got fucked in the NBA, ABA merger, all those like random teams and random places that didn't make it to the NBA because they just weren't powerhouses. I mean, that's essentially what you're seeing. You're seeing what happened in American sports with far significantly less money. You know, think about it. You had AFL and NFL, right? Back in the day. And then they merged and, you know, you came up with the thing. You got yeah, the I have ABA, all sorts of fucking NBA. AFL shit around my house because my dad was an AFL fan. Yeah, you had all the hockey stuff. So you had like um, the NHL was small, but then you had like the WCHL and they had all these like random leagues that came together. ABC, but like, EFG, yeah. Yeah, but what this was, your Super League was essentially going to create the 30-team dynamic for what is essentially the United States, right? Like Europe yeah. is about the size of the United States. You create a 30-team league that would operate completely autonomously, owned by the owners, um, and it would have been a merger of previously existing leagues cutting out everybody else where teams would be netting hundreds of millions of dollars every year in pure profits, which – I mean, from looking at it, from obviously you're, the fans in Europe are, are completely different than fans here in America. But um, also, I don't from, think I'd be happy with the Yankees moving to a better baseball league if it just meant they were going to make more thing, money. The Yankees and there was are be in the best baseball league, right? The Yankees no, but what, are in the, the greatest but, league. And the great, Arsenal, and, and, Man United, and Man City are in the best league in the world. But but what I'm saying is that these leagues here in America, the reason why they're the best leagues in the world for whatever because they are, we're the only people that play their sports. That's not necessarily true for every sport, but like. Um, you know, there's basketball played all over the world. There's baseball yeah, played. Who all consistently over the world. challenges us for any of that? Oh, uh, basketball, we lose in the Olympics Spain every occasionally. Years. But what I'm saying is that there are other leagues, and the reason why is because they're set up to be to cultivate the best talent and set up to cultivate the best competition every year. I don't think American leagues are set set up to cultivate the best competition in any way. I think they're set up to do the opposite. What's your reward? If you suck, what do you do? You lose as many games as possible. You suck as hard as you can to get the best player. That's not rewarding success. That's well, rewarding a draft failure. System, not, there's no like, you, you don't foster players like you do in soccer. You're not like wiping their ass, changing their diaper all the way up to uh, strapping a pair of footy cleats on them and kicking them out on but the you're field. Still, but you're still saying that it's better for you to suck the most than to try and be good. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like tanking. And I think there needs to be things in place to fix tanking because that's obviously we'll never we're fix tanking. we're too we're, we're too far gone system. we're too far gone with the draft tanking will never be fixed in american sports it's going to be it's going to get worse well the reason why there's no tanking in hockey is because it's a lottery pick and like teams like the fucking rangers who are you know it's a lottery a pick in the nba too motherfuckers still tank yeah but the lottery pick in the nba you're you're basically guaranteed and it freaking what do you mean you're bottom? basically guaranteed the knicks had the best odds two years running and end up with the like the fifth pick Fifth and then like eighth, yeah. Yeah, it's it. There's no such thing as a guarantee. It's Lottery just get as close to the that. fucking bottom as you possibly can, which is disgusting. You know what happens when you get as close to the bottom as you possibly can in Europe? You get fucking relegated. You don't get rewarded with a good player. It's not competition, and the people wanted to avoid that because they don't give a fuck how much money their club makes. They're already seeing them play. And the other thing too about this other league. They play this league in addition to playing their domestic league and two domestic cups in both countries. So they're playing 85 games a season. You want them to play more? These guys are running a 10K two to three times a week while also doing all this other very technical stuff. I, you know, it, it was just, I think really another thing that saved it aside from the fans too is UEFA coming out and saying, okay, fine, you can have this competition. But your players will be banned from playing in the World Cup. And then FIFA said, yeah, we like that. That's a good idea. 
And I think that would have, you would have, if this had gone through, you would have seen an exodus of players like you could not possibly imagine from these clubs. There's a World Cup next year. They don't want to miss it because they got, because their owner got greedy. Insert NHL, insert, you're not playing in the Olympics and you're in the same exact situation and everybody sucked at the fuck up for. Yeah, because they can't go anywhere. They could just go to the players from Liverpool could just go to Everton or West Ham. Or you can move to Germany and play for Dortmund for two years. Like Ugh. you have very viable options on the same plane in England, in Europe. It would have been easy fucking peasy for these guys to leave. Take no, they're going to take a little bit of a pay cut, but they're going to get to play at the World Cup. And that's all yeah, these guys. Because a corrupt about. organization is facilitating that exodus. It's like just like you're just trading one, you're just trading one shitty master for another. My I a million times a day rather have. FIFA than one guy from Spain who thinks he's a god. Well, it wouldn't be one guy. It would be an owner-run league, right? It so wouldn't. It, would be... it wouldn't. He was the chairman. He had final say on everything. This was never going to be owner-run. This was going to be one motherfucker dictating everything. It just doesn't... It, it's just like the most frustrating thing in the world. And when you really talk it out, you're like, this doesn't even make sense from minute one. Like, where are we coming from here? You're guaranteeing me? I just... I Again, with the money... There, I was like, Makes you're guaranteeing sense. $10 billion in TV rights? I was like, there's not even that much money to go around. The Champions League is $2 billion a year in global TV rights. Global. The biggest league that everyone watches. Champions League final had half a billion people watching it last year. Like, come on. And also, I, like the, the, the Liverpool manager in 2019, they were, they were talking about this in 2019, and he was like, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like seeing Liverpool play Madrid, play Barcelona like 12 times a season get pretty boring pretty quickly. So. Yeah, I mean, if the past year of American sports has been an indication where they're literally just playing like intra-division games, I can imagine it would be fucking terrible. Yeah. so We've I, already gotten a preview of that. As much as I have fan fatigue with like specifically the, uh, the NHL right now because we're only playing. The same six teams, teams. yeah. Freaking it that I, I will say I do have a, a level of fan fatigue, especially when there's long stretches, four or five games of the same team. The other thing though about it is that every game is so freaking important though. That is oh, the yeah. one that is the one thing that I will give credit to what this has created. And obviously it sucks. Like the fucking North Division is a joke. Like it is a fucking joke. Like it, it's not split up well at all. Mm-hmm. Um and there was probably a better way to do this, but like the at the end of the day, like every game, like we have a round right? We have a three we have a three game stretch against the Capitals coming up. We are tied with the Capitals in every single thing, except for we're behind them in uh, ROW regulation overtime wins, which is like going to be what will be the deciding factor for who gets at this point uh, a home ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have two games at home and then one game away, and we have to basically take two out of the three for that series to move ahead of the Capitals just by a handful of points. So that's like. We're playing. It's basically like watching the playoffs. Like it's essentially like watching a five-game playoff series, or you know, a three-game playoff series in this case. Um, every time you watch a hockey game, so that, that, I, I do give a little bit of credit. There's a, there's definitely a level of fan fatigue that I'm seeing. Um, but like today, though, it's interesting. We, we turn on the Yankee game. The Yankees were playing the Braves. I was like, oh shit! I remember when we used to do that. Like that. Yeah, this is this <laughs> nice is to different. kind of see stuff like that, but. But still, yeah, there's an intensity to it. I see what you're saying, but I also do feel like after like by next year i want like a return to full regular schedule like i want the islanders playing like the lightning and western yeah. conference teams and, two like, years I- of the islanders doing it you'd be, you guys would be like fucking okay i'm oh, done yeah, year three you'd be like i'm not watching exactly that exactly what i'm saying if you have like little leagues with like literally just the 12 same teams people are going to be fatigued after a year and that's it like people are going to your, your super stuff. league was like what 20 teams to start and would probably go out 20 to teams more. it would only all european leagues are 20 teams um, but I, I think more would, buy, would have to buy in to facilitate the level of money that they want. Of course. No, definitely. And then the issue then becomes scheduling because the Premier League has a tough enough time scheduling 38 teams, 20 games apiece and working in all their cup competitions and everything else. And yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it was a very flawed idea from the beginning. And a lot of me thinks it might've just been a bluff to get them to force through the restructuring of the champions league because, and just a further context, specifically with Real Madrid, like they don't try to win the league. Cristiano Ronaldo spent almost a decade there and he only won the league twice. He won the Champions League five times. So 
Real Madrid very much only goes for the money because that's how this guy Florentino Perez is. So I think, I, you know, I mean, like, obviously that was the driving force behind it was all this money that they were going to make. And the revolt was unanimous from every single fan base. And we're, we're free of it, hopefully. That's all I'll say for now. But looking forward to a regular season next season when Everton can win the league and put in fucking Liverpool's ass. But speaking of teams that are usually terrible and are all of a sudden very good, the New York Knicks have won seven consecutive games. Oh, I was hoping that you do a transition in the sense of let's talk about another stupid league decision and making a four-team play-in tournament style yeah, thing stupid. for the NBA playoffs. So stupid. I love Duh. how everyone, even the players and the coaches, are like, this is fucking stupid. And the NBA yeah, was like, owners have come out and be idea. like, this is fucking stupid. They're playing 72 games. Like, there's no – that extra 10 games is not going to make a huge difference. Yeah. It's very, very dumb. But – Kyle, to your point, the Knicks are right now the hottest team in basketball. And we would be remiss the amount that we've talked about them in this podcast if we didn't mention yeah. before we wrap how good they're playing. They're playing the Hawks right now. If they beat the Atlanta Hawks tonight, they move into the, the fourth seed in the East, which is unreal. Like, <laughs> who would have thought they'd be the fourth seed in the East this year? Not me. 100%. Says, the New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> it, and you got to credit, I mean, specifically – RJ Barrett, who spent the first six weeks of the season, everyone's telling him he's a bust. Um, he's playing unbelievably well. Quickly is still a little inconsistent, but when he's on, he's on. Derrick Rose is playing like Derrick Rose MVP, but just a little bit older. Um, mm-hmm. He still has his dynamic ability. Julius Randle, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. It, the, the, the MVP is not Embiid. It's not Jokic. It's Julius Randle because the most valuable player to their team in the NBA is Julius Randle. Yeah, but the NBA is such a rigged league. The NBA is such a rigged league. They pick out like six players in the beginning of the season that they're going to – like even if you look at their social media, I just happen to follow the NBA. I didn't realize I wasn't following them on Instagram. Their social media makes a case for every award that they want to give out at the end of the year. They know from the beginning who they're going to promote. Yep. And it's like – that was what the whole thing with like – they pushed Zion so hard, and then everyone's like, "Zion's not the rookie of the year last year." Like that, that should have been. I mean, it was clearly John Morant, and the fact that he got more votes than RJ, even when he played like seven goddamn games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the NBA is very much rigged in, in that sense. But I, I agree with you there. If Julius finishes the season the way he's playing, t- over twenty three points a game, almost twenty four points a game, he's averaging a double double, eleven rebounds, six plus assists, and he's shooting over forty. Um, over 40% from three. He is the only player other than Larry Bird to ever do that. Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. So like you said, there, there's more to stats than just the um, than the numbers. That have. Obviously, Steph's putting up crazy numbers. Steph's insane. Like Whatever he's been doing the last month, he ate, yeah. his, he ate his Wheaties or whatever. Or and for him, to, for him to come out and be like, I deserve the MVP to me is just like, no, you don't. No, you don't. If you did, Steph, if you were really as good. But he's not as... even in the com- – he wasn't in the conversation. He was 10,000 plus 10,000. He, he shouldn't be in the conversation. That team is dog shit. If you're the most valuable player, he should be able to drag that squad forward. When Le- The fact that LeBron didn't win it the year that he took some plumbers to the fucking NBA finals was ridiculous. Ridiculous. What, yeah, did Russell Westbrook average a double, a triple double for the season? Yeah. Was it incredible? Absolutely. Was the team any good? No. Yeah. First round bounce as per usual. Yeah. So it, I, the so most valuable Golden State player. is in a playoff spot right now. Golden State is in yeah. one of those playoff play in round bracket spots. Are they the nine seed? They are the nine seed they're, right they're now. They've been bouncing 9 10 for like the last they're couple of weeks. Yeah. Only yeah. a game back on Memphis for the eighth seed. Not going to lie, straight up, probably going to take Memphis in that series. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Draymond Green's a shell of himself. All, he can't score anymore, which I think is very funny. Um, all he can do is pass the ball. So, yeah, I mean, Julius should be the MVP. Uh, he's, he needs to win something, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, he's having, like you said, Mike, statistically one of the best seasons possibly ever 
So he he could win. Um, if he doesn't, I mean, he'll get MVP votes for sure. He's gonna um, get MIP. I, gotta be. I, I was gonna say MIP is definitely gonna. He's gonna win most improved. I yeah. hope so. He yeah. he needs some silverware for this because this is be a little ridiculous if he didn't get one. But either way, they're coming down this this stretch, and if they can win tonight, right now they're down two to the Hawks in the second quarter. But if they can win tonight, they're in the fourth seed, and all yeah, if, if they can keep playing the way they're playing. What team wants to face them in a seven round, a uh, seven game uh, round, like in the playoffs? I don't think any team would want to face them right now because they play. Oh, I agree. Even Brooklyn, they could take Brooklyn in a seven game series because they keep it close every time, and all they have to do is just take that next, that one shot. Provided Kyrie Irving doesn't show up and turn on God mode, which he is yeah. fully capable of doing. That's true, but again, the reason the Knicks have had so much success is because they are as efficient a defensive team as there is in the league. They yeah. are very well coached and everyone on the team has bought in and is busting their ass. Like there's not one person who's, you know, being lackadaisical. Like everyone is, is all in on trying to like make this team something special. Yeah. So I don't know. Honestly, like depending upon what their seating is, I would not be shocked if the Knicks win around or maybe even potentially two, depending upon how things go based on how they're playing right now. That might change in a couple of weeks, but yeah, you know. I mean, listen, it's it's we've it's not been allowed be to be up, right. This yeah, yeah, this has good chance of being the matchup this is, is the Knicks Hawks. This is like oh, Knicks Hawks the round yeah. one match matchup. This Knicks Hawks or Knicks Celtics would probably be their first round matchup. Depending on yeah, should also which, keep in mind that their or the box. Hawks record is not necessarily indicative of their quality because Lou Williams came in the trade deadline, so they are a very good team. Um, but I think, you know, in a seven game series, I'm still going to take the Knicks just because Trey young, like Thibodeau will figure him out. Definitely. He will game plan for him. And then I'm going to be honest with you. You just fucking bring Frank in, have him hack job him for three quarters. If he fouls out, who gives a shit? But you know, you're going to get like tough physical defense, which is what you need. So, yeah. Yeah. So I listen there. Let's go Knicks at this point. I, the fact that we are more likely than not going to make the playoffs and not that play in communism is astounding. Astounding. The play in is, is six to 10, isn't it? Six to 10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Honestly, like, seven to 10, seven to 10, seven one, to to six, 10? Yeah. one to six are in and seven, eight, nine, 10 play in. Yeah. Seven, okay. seven, 10, eight, nine. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I keep like, all the leagues are doing such like different things now just for like this weird COVID year. It's hard to keep track of everything, but yeah, that makes, I mean, th- the fact that Nixon even get a 60 would be incredible. So how serious yeah. and factual we were today. <laughs> what is yeah, this? This was a, uh, a good conversation. Like I, I still, I don't understand half of why all these teams decided to try and do this super league. Um, the money makes no sense to me. But Kyle, thank you for explaining a lot of yeah. this because it did bring a lot of you know clarity to me to understand. Listen, when, when Barstool started posting about it, I was like, okay, we should talk about this because like, yeah, even they were like, we're going to explain this to you. And I read the articles and I was like, that was a terrible explanation. What asshole wrote this? Like you could have just asked somebody's friend to write the article; it would have been easier. I don't think they have one a soccer person. group. They don't. They don't have a single soccer correspondent, which is funny because it's the most bet on sport on earth. Oh, actually, fun. Side note, so as of, I don't know, officially today, I guess, uh, New York's going to be legalizing the uh, sports betting, which is very exciting. So they said by the Super Bowl of next year, everything should be totally up and running. And by, like, the winter even, they said, like, everything should be good. So nice. Yeah, I heard the original proposal is to have it in place before the 2021-22 footballs. Yes. So by September. Yeah, yep, by September. Yep, that's that's like what they're expecting. But the thing about uh, just as a side note, not to drag anymore, but the thing about the New York rule that's different than other states, and obviously the way sports betting, the way marijuana works on a state level, is entirely based on the state, which is states' rights. Wonderful thing, right? But in New York, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because New York is historically bad when it comes to gaming. A lot of their gaming comes by way of licenses that are incredibly hard to get. So the sports books that have an existing, you know, William Hill or DraftKings that have an existing relationship with in-house sports books at legal betting casinos in New York are likely going to be your options. And if your, you know, say Bet365 does not have an existing relationship with New York's 
you're not you're probably not going to see them for some time until the next round of licenses come up or the law changes because it's all going to be done on a licensed basis new york loves to take money like horse racing is completely run by the state of new york like all of that stuff gambling is is licensed through new york um but so basically know, whoever jerks off the state the hardest is going to get the license whoever and has an make existing the relationship first. is probably going to get it like it's going okay to be who, bit... sorry fast tense whoever jerked off the state the hardest already <laughs> yeah yeah who... whoever got their palms greased the most yep essentially so that's so if you're if your go-to sports application is not currently involved in new york find a new one crazy I think DraftKings is right for the most part. Yeah. DraftKings, DraftKings is and FanDuel both have existing relationships. Yeah, there's like um, I would say I think they said like eighty to ninety percent of the licenses are probably going to be spoken for already. Um, and but there's a ton of sports books out there. Um, oh yeah, a ton, in, a ton in Europe. Like Kyle was saying, they people love to bet on soccer, and it's something that's been happening for a long time. There is a ton of sports books in Europe. There's a ton of existing sports books, and then you have Bet three six five owns um, FanDuel. Exactly. Yep. So then there's a lot of things going on um, and there's a lot of relationships uh, that these places have with different organizations. So you, you got to see what's going to happen. I mean, either way, all I know is I'm excited to be able to just like come the fall, be able to bet on like a Knicks game or bet on the Giants getting their ass beaten. But <laughs> that part, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> It'll it'll be good. It's an exciting uh, exciting development over the last couple of weeks. Getting uh, marijuana and sports betting, big uh, revenue coming in for New York State. So, yeah. well, yeah, that'll wrap things up for this episode. Thank you guys again for listening. We appreciate it. But before we say goodbye, gotta do our quick closing statements. So, we'll start with the guy who gave us all the information about the Super League, and that would be Kyle. So, like I said, several key points. Um, having a great week. Uh, a, a belated happy 420 to those who celebrate a few points uh, to close today. Fuck Florentino Perez. And very importantly, and this hits home in two places for me, fuck the Fenway sports group. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Wear your mask, get your vaccine, whole nine yards, be safe. All right, Michael, take us home, sir. Um, as much as we love to show on soccer, it actually is very interesting to learn about these things because they're things that will just never happen in the, in the United States. Um, you know, in the United States, just, you know, we have shit like Congress getting involved in baseball, but uh, not as nearly as exciting as a succession from the governing body of a global sport. Uh, so I, as much right as I love, <laughs> as much as I love the structure of, sports in america and i think that that's as a fan i think it's much easier uh for us we have you know, our one team in every sport that you have that it's much and instead of 50 million fucking leagues that are all run by corrupt uh europeans uh i i think that it, it, i guess it doesn't work culturally it doesn't work financially over on that end uh, so good job to the fans for having a voice and getting what they wanted um i don't know send out like a What's those things like a um, sporical quiz or whatever? The little things that you can vote on to tell you uh, whether or not you like it. You know, a survey monkey. Next oh, time okay. these clubs need to send out a survey monkey uh, to their fans to see if they should join these stupid fucking leagues. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good good lesson that the fans are ultimately the driver of everything, even though the owners have all the money and you know the fans ultimately decide what's what's best and they'll get their way one way or the other. So. Yep. Yeah, I think just for me, um, brief just announcement for our listeners, the digressors at home. So we had that brief break last week. I actually just got a new job. So I'm going to be starting that on Monday, which is exciting. But with that, <laughs> with, with that news, um, even though it is exciting, it means I won't be able to edit as much for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to be taking probably a couple of weeks break uh, from here. So apologies again for you guys who are consistent listeners. Um, we will be back uh, within the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure exactly when yet, but it'll happen. So, uh, and it'll forth. be a clusterfuck. I assure you. Oh, it'll be because we're still coming up on episode 50. And that's, you know, that's going to be a, a fun one. Oh yeah. But uh, I'm just trying to focus fully on onboarding and stuff. So um, thank you guys for, for being patient, understanding. We appreciate it. And uh yeah, in the meantime, if you guys liked what you heard today, 
and you like what you heard previously, please subscribe to us wherever where you can find your podcasts at this point. Leave us a five-star review so that other people can come and join the Digressor family. And give us a follow on social media. I'm sure even though we won't be releasing new episodes for a couple of weeks, we'll still be fairly active on social media. So uh, definitely interact with us there as well. And until we chat again, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Sponsor Mike's OnlyFans. Honestly, the entire European thing has really thrown us for a loop this week. So we're going to take a week <laughs> off uh, just in honor of the fans. And we're going to request fan videos, uh, specifically from our European listeners, if there are any, um, of them fucking their clubs in the ass. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, send it in. Uh, we have an email link. We'll, we'll drop that in, in the bio. You can send it. And, and if you'd like, we can blow your face out. If not, you know, paint it, whatever your home colors are. Uh, so get creative with it, people. Get your balls and be yours. <laughs> Peace out.